Midday 180 delivered by Edley's Barbecue. Time to chat with Greg Cosells. We do each and every Wednesday presented by Turner Security. Turn to Turner Security for all of your security needs. TurnerSecurity.us for more information. Greg, hope you're doing well. Jonathan, what's going on? You talk, discussing a lot of football. It's always uh, a great to focus on the Titans this time of year. We've been going down memory lane a bit earlier in the show, and um, we were discussing the Wizen Hunt malarkey eras, and there were some weeks where you would come on and we would talk maybe two minutes of Titans and then move on. <laughs> well, I think, uh, no, now Titans talk is, is uh, should be a lot of talk. I mean, this is uh, we have the first place uh, Titans here. Well, so I remember all Detroit. Tonight. I remember a lot of conversations with Greg starting with, yeah, so I had to watch the Titans game for you guys this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, Greg, now now when you watch this Titans offense, they potentially have a 4,000-yard passer. They have two receivers that can reach 1,000 yards on the season. And Derrick Henry is in the realm of 2,000 yards, although it's going to take some great performances, which he's capable of down the stretch. No to question. Reach that. When you look at how they've balanced this offense, and maybe balance is the wrong word, but how they distribute the football within this offense, what comes to mind for you as you watch this Titans team versus ones that we've been discussing over the years with you? Well, I, I don't think this, this Titans offense is really difficult to figure out. Uh, I, I think it's it's pretty straightforward, to be honest. We know what they are. I think everybody knows what they are. Um, so that that's not really an issue. Right. Um, you know, I think we know that they they play to their philosophy every week unless the game dictates otherwise. Henry's the foundation. The past game concepts work off that foundation. That's essentially what they do. That's what they want to do. And when they can create big plays in the past game off that, their offense looks really, really good. It's only when they can't create explosive pass plays off that that they stumble a little bit and that's that's why i've said throughout this season uh, and i've told you guys this that their pass game needs at times to operate independently from the run game because it's very difficult uh against really good teams to be able to to do this all the time that's what they want to do and that's how they're built but that's difficult to do all the time eight and nine man boxes are built to stop the run. Why Why does Henry have success against the eight-man box so often? Well, that's a myth, Jonathan, about you can't run the ball effectively against eight-man boxes. That's always been a myth. People throw that out there because it's good running teams always run against eight-man boxes. You can go back to the Dallas Cowboys with Emmitt Smith. Good running teams expect eight in the box. Nobody plays with two deep safeties on first down or second down against good running teams. So being able to run against eight-man boxes is part and parcel of good running teams. It's how you design your run game with the, the, the running concepts and the blocking principles. And then the other factor is sometimes there is an unblocked defender. Can he make the play? You know, that, that's the, that becomes the other issue. I mean... Uh, there's a lot of times where there's a defender who's in position, whether it's a safety, whether it's a linebacker, whether it's a corner, depending on the nature of the run, who is in position to to make a play on Derrick Henry. The question is, is he going to make that play? Very often they don't. So 
good running teams throughout the history of the NFL always run the ball against eight-man boxes. That's a myth. I was uh, chatting with Brian Baldinger a couple of weeks ago in the, the at Nissan Stadium, and he said, hey, the, you know, the right guard is having a Pro Bowl year. Do you agree Nate Davis is having that type of year across the league? Well, because I do – you guys, every week, I watch the offensive line a little more carefully than I do throughout. You know, I have to watch a ton of games, as you guys know, so I'm not studying right guard. Right, but I, right. I think Nate Davis has improved dramatically. I think there have been many times when I've noticed him in a very positive way and, and only a few times where I thought, oh, he didn't do very well. So I can't sit here and compare him to the other guards in the league. But I think from the Titans' perspective – given that he was, was he a third-round pick? Yeah. Yeah, and that he became a starter as a rookie and clearly had an up-and-down season as a rookie, as we've discussed. I think there's been dramatic and clear improvement, and to me, he's a very good player in a system that is is run-based. He's got good movement. He's strong. I, I think if he was, let, let me put it this way, I think if he was in a system that featured as its foundation drop-back passing, I think he would need improvement. But I think in this particular system that features the run game as the foundation and the play-action pass game, I think he's really improved and is having a really good season. Greg, we know that you love Taylor Lewan as a player. How do you think the Titans have done replacing him this year since since his injury with Quesenberry and other players that have plugged in along the yep. offensive line? What do you think of the job they've done plugging and playing there? Overall, really well. I don't think it's shut down what they do. You can always pick out individual isolated plays. Quisenberry get, get speed on occasion. Um, uh, obviously, in certain situations, and it depends on the game. Uh, like I said, if you get into a true drop-back situation, I remember it, it was Quisenberry who got beat, I believe, by Miles Garrett. A lot of people do, uh, but that was in the fourth quarter of a game where they had to throw the ball, and it was a drop-back passing situation. But within the context of what this offense does, I think that uh, it hasn't been a noticeable drop-off in terms of the overall offense. That's the important point. No one's looking to compare Quisenberry to Taylor Lewan. Uh, that's, that's irrelevant. We know Taylor Lewan's a better player, so that's not the point. The point is, does it shut down what they want to do offensively? And it doesn't. It hasn't up to this point. I know it's not one thing, but I want you to tell me it's one thing. <laughs> is, is left tackle the one thing that has kept Johnny Smith out of out of routes and out of the passing game? Uh, we talked a couple weeks ago about the Indianapolis game at Indianapolis. He was just uh, uh, all over the place in the run blocking. Game. Yeah, uh, how um, much is he a run blocker right now? Well, I would say this: he's he has not been PK as you know a highly targeted player in this offense in general. Every once in a while, they do get him vertical, or every once in a while, he makes a great play with run after catch. But as talented as he is, and I think he's very, very talented, I think the way this offense is structured does not really present him as a highly targeted tight end relative to other tight ends in the league who have that kind of athletic and physical talent. So does this offense now require him the way they're, they're choosing to play to block more? Yes, it does. But I don't know, in a sense, I don't know what they're giving up because I don't see him in this offense as as a highly targeted guy to begin with. So that that's 
Yeah, I don't know if that's a great right. answer, but, but I think he's that's a the guy way. given chances. His yards after the catch have always been very productive. If yep. he gets three balls in a game, he usually makes a lot out of them. And those three balls a game have have kind of disappeared. And now uh, even they're they're finding Swain maybe yeah those three balls a game and he's yeah the guy I mean I, I I you know he had a catch this week that went down to the one yard line which clearly was designed to be a touchdown it was a beautifully set up play um, with what they did because it was out of three tight ends but you know it's interesting just getting back to Janu for a minute and I never tell coaches they they work really hard and they they know their players better than I do and they know their systems better than I do. But Smith, to me, is the kind of tight end. In this league, you see a ton of tight ends who line up as the single receiver to the short side of the field on the back side of, of trips, three receivers to this, to this field. You rarely see that with the Titans. They don't do that with Johnu Smith. Now, again, I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying that that's what a lot of teams do with their tight ends. The Titans don't really do that. Greg Cosell with us, presented by Turner Security. On the other side, tight end, uh, you've got Hawkinson, who is uh, has the most catches on the Lions. Oh, yeah. How do they deploy him, and what do you look for the Titans to do to try to slow him down when they've not particularly matched up well, given similar players? Yeah, and again, he's really come on since they lost Galladay. Hawkinson is is a high level talent. Uh, you know, you guys may recall when I did Hawkinson coming out of Iowa, I had no weaknesses. Uh, you know, I think that he's a really high level player. I think as a tight end, he he could become as his career progresses a top three, four tight end in the league. Uh, he can work uh, at all levels of the defense. He's a very good blocker. Um, they use him a lot on crossing routes. That, that's one thing you really see with the Lions, a lot of crossing routes. So now it depends on whether you're going to play man or zone. Um, because normally, um, if, you, if they play man uh, and, they, and they're in, let's say, their sub-nickel with five DBs or sub-dime with six DBs, normally Bayard is, is the man-to-man matchup on the tight end. Uh, but every once in a while, it's Hooker. Uh, I don't know. What's Vaccaro's status this week? Do we know yet? He was out last week with an illness. He's ill, so he oh, should so he'll be probably play. Because what they did this week is they, they basically made Hooker Vaccaro, and when they went dime, Kalu became Hooker. That's what they did this week. So if, if Vaccaro's back, you know, he'll be Vaccaro, and then Hooker will go back to being the dime player. Um, but, uh, yeah, but the, you know, the Titans, they're not a, they don't play a ton of man. Uh, they didn't this week. I mean, obviously, uh, Borders has gone on IR, so Smith played. So they chose when they did play man, which was not that often, to match up uh, Butler on Shark. Um, we'll see what they do this week. Marvin Jones has been a really good player for the Lions. Uh, we'll see how they choose to play. But if they match up man-to-man, normally Bayard is the tight end matchup. Butler did well against Shark. He sure did. He had a very good game. He stood out to me on tape this week. I, I you know, well, I was watching the tape, and I, I, after a number of plays, I said, "Wait a second, looks like Butler's on Shark." You know, and then I just, you know, kept noticing that, and I thought he did a really nice job. He battled. You know, he had the interception, yep. but beyond that, he was in some tight coverages on some um, some pass breakups. In this you know, game. he's, you know, it's funny going back through his Titans career. You know, and, and no one's going to put him in the top three or four corners in the league, but when he's had some individual matchups. He's risen to the challenge, wouldn't you say? I mean, I remember, you know, he, he had some good matchups with, with DeAndre Hopkins in Houston. I mean, he would battle, you know. So he's, he's always been that kind of guy, and, uh, and it showed up this week. So the Lions are not good at stopping the run. No, no, they're not, as a matter of fact. And, and you know what my guess is? 
my guess is that Henry will probably get the ball a few times. Sure, uh, but you know, did, did Green Bay try to run it on them last week? What? Why? Why do I just see seventy yards rushing for Aaron Jones? Uh, Green Bay is not a run-first team, although they had two long touchdown drives in the second half on their first two possessions of the third quarter, in which they were extremely balanced. But Green Bay is not necessarily a let's come out and run it. Plus, there were a couple of plays, and one of them was a big play. Uh, Aaron Rodgers may be the best in the league at this. It's what we call smoke. It's where it's a called run play, okay? And everybody... The, the O-line, the back, everybody does their run job. But what Rodgers does is if he sees the corner off Devontae Adams and off coverage by five, six, seven, eight yards, he will just take the ball and immediately throw it to Devontae Adams. Gotcha. Even though it's a called run. And many teams have different names for that. Uh, I've heard the name Smoke many times. It's just an alert. All, all, the only two people that have to know that are Adams and Rodgers. Everybody else looks like it's a run, and in fact, he had a 29-yarder on one of those touchdown drives this past week. I believe the first play of the game, they did that as well. Matthew Stafford, obviously, a uh, pretty consistent starting quarterback for them, has a rib injury now. Um, how painfully different are they without him? Uh, well, Matthew Stafford is one of my favorite quarterbacks and has been for a long time. I think you know a lot of people don't see him that way simply because he's been, I think, in one playoff game maybe, and he lost it. But I think Matthew Stafford, from a talent perspective, is a top-five quarterback in the league and always has been. He is a high, high-level talent, and he's had a really good career. This, they're obviously missing Galladay, um, and that's hurt him this year. But, boy, he is tough. He's competitive. He's an unbelievably good thrower. He's an aggressive thrower, so every once in a while he'll throw a pick that you just go, wow, you know, you shouldn't have done that. But you, you can't sleep on, on Stafford no matter who he has as his receivers because he will make tough, tight window throws, and he will turn it loose. Well, we know that the Lions are terrible against the run on defense. Is there anything that they do on defense, Greg, that you like? Well, uh, here's what I'll say, Chad. The last two weeks, now that Corey Unlin is running the defense and Matt Patricia's been gone, they are playing far less man-to-man coverage. Matt Patricia played a ton of man coverage. They were near the top of the NFL in the number of man coverage snaps that they played. The last two weeks, they've been far more balanced with man and zone, playing a lot more zone coverage. Um, but they're, they've really struggled overall. They don't have a true pass rusher. They've not stopped the run particularly well. Um, you know, they they have a player who, when they I you guys are familiar with him because he came out of the SEC and Jared Davis, who I thought would be a really good NFL linebacker, and it just hasn't worked out. His snaps are not particularly high. Um, they use Christian Jones as a as an edge pass rusher at times. You know, they don't really have a true edge pass rusher. Their best one is probably Romeo Aguara, and he's a nice player, but he's not what you'd call you know a big time edge rusher. So they've struggled defensively all across the board, but they do they have played far more zone the last two weeks. Jeffrey Okuda, one of the top corners in the draft, he's on IR. He'd be elected to have hip surgery, so he's yep. done for the year. But another young player, DeAndre Swift, is their feature back. What what stood out to you so far uh, through uh, this early por- portion of the season? And now, if if Stafford's out and they're going with Chase Daniel. He's going to be heavily involved, speaking of Swift. Yeah, and if Stafford's out, they, they're, their offense is totally different, obviously. Um, 
I like Swift. You know, he's been in and out of the lineup due to injury this year, so it, it, he hasn't really gotten a feel. I, I think when all said and done, he can be a primary back in this league. I don't think he's quite at the Dalvin Cook level. Um, he's probably somewhere in terms of workload to me as he develops somewhere between Alvin Kamara and Dalvin Cook because I think he's got ability similar. I don't want to say he's exactly those guys because he hasn't done it at the NFL level yet, but I think he has that kind of ability. Um, but I don't think he'll be a true workhorse like Cook, but I think he could carry more than the Saints give it to Kamara. But he's a very good runner. Um, he's a, he, I think he has pass-receiving skills uh, that, that can be further developed, and he can be a factor there. But it just hasn't worked out as a rookie because he's been in and out of the lineup. How then do they use, if, if he's good to go, how do they divvy things up with Adrian Peterson? What's his well, you know, they played Peterson almost because they've had to, you know, because Swift's been out. Uh, I, I think they've soured a bit on Kerryon Johnson as, as the guy uh, because they drafted him in the second round. I think when they drafted him, they thought he'd be that guy. But then they drafted Swift this year, so they obviously yeah. felt that Johnson wasn't that guy. I think Johnson has played more by default. Um, so I don't know what their division of labor will be. I would think if Swift is healthy, to me, he should be the guy who gets the majority of the snaps. But, you know, I'm not I'm not uh, Daryl Bevel, so I can't answer that. Greg, uh, hypothetical here, but, but bear with me. So, looking ahead, next week, Sunday night football, Titans at Packers. And that will be a big game in the matchup show. Are we potentially looking at two MVP candidates on full display. Derrick Henry and, and Roger. Okay, so the reason I say two, so you put Henry in the discussion. Without question. Without question. I mean, I think I think there's three candidates right now, and it's Rodgers, Mahomes, and Henry. I think they're, they're, those three guys, to me, are the MVP candidates. What order for you, if you're if you're voting today? You only I would probably name. put Rodgers first. Okay. Um, and, you, you know, it, that's, that's hard. I mean, you know, Henry. Of course, yeah. Yeah, Henry is, and I was wrong on Henry, and I'll be the first to admit it, you know, because I didn't think that he could be this as a true foundation back, so I'll be the first to admit it. I should have listened to my buddy who's with, um, um, he's now with Carolina, he was at, at uh, with Alabama for one year when Henry was there, and I talked to him, he's a coach, and he said, oh, Henry can be a feature back, I should have listened to him, <laughs> so, um, but no, Henry is, he's, he's the foundation of this team, not just the offense, of the team. Because when you run like that and are able to run like that, that really has a major impact on the pace and tempo of games and therefore a major impact on your defense. So, you know, Derrick Henry is definitely an MVP candidate. And, look, he's got over 1,500 yards. If that Cleveland game had played out differently, he'd truly be – he needed – two games ago, I think he needed 149 yards a game to get to 2,000. You know, he still theoretically could get there. But he'll probably bar you know barring anything unforeseen get over eighteen hundred. What um, as long as we've jumped ahead uh, a week, how often does a team that doesn't touch Aaron Rodgers beat the Packers? Uh, well, Rodgers right now to me is playing at as high a level as he's ever played because he's playing so beautifully within the structure of this offense and controlling the game within the structure. You know, I mentioned that smoke element, uh, but he's so good at the line of scrimmage. He sees things. What you're seeing this year is less of Rodgers running around because he's so dialed in with the structure of this offense. Um, 
So uh, he's playing at a really high level. And you, you almost have forgotten how ridiculously good a thrower he is, you know, because because of Mahomes the last couple of years, taking nothing away from Mahomes, who's a great thrower as well. But, you know, Rodgers, is, is, he's an unbelievably great thrower. Greg Cosell joins us weekly, presented by Turner Security. Greg, thank you as always. We look forward to the matchup show and always look forward to chatting with you on Wednesdays. All right, guys, really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, Greg Cosell there from NFL Films, joining us from the NFL Films headquarters in his bunker.